How mm-hmm. dare somebody like be a fraud, like act like they're doing this thing and never deliver. Like I would never do that to my people. Like mm-hmm. the gallery might be a little late, you know, <laughs> but I would, I never am holding your photographs hostage or like faking the funk, you know, because I know like deeply how important it is that those people that are in that room and how you may never be able to curate that room ever again. hmm Welcome to the Zoom In Podcast. I'm Tamara, a creative director and commercial lifestyle photographer, the founder of Darden Creative, a full-service content creation agency, and your host for the Zoom In Podcast, a podcast that highlights the stories and experiences of Black women photographers. A little housekeeping before we get into it. Please follow or subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And comments are currency, so please leave a comment on iTunes or rate the Zoom In podcast on Spotify. You may just get a shout out on an upcoming episode. Hey, hey, hey. First, happy new year. Happy 2023, y'all. If you're listening to this, we have made it to a new year. It is a new year of possibilities and opportunities for exploration. And it is the first official interview episode of the Zoom In podcast. I want to thank everyone for being incredibly patient with me because I have been incredibly nervous around launching this podcast. I don't know why. I think because I really want to present an amazing product for the listeners out there. And so I really appreciate you waiting and just showing up. And I felt it fitting to invite a fellow Howard alum and girlfriend, Ray Whitney, to share her story with you all. And this conversation with Ray felt like catching up with a girlfriend, and I truly hope you feel the same way while listening. But first, here's a little bit about Ray. Ray is an international speaker and wedding photographer for the chic modern couple and is a creative educator for rising to pro photographers through her platform, Photobomb Academy, where she has helped over 100 plus creatives build sustainable photography businesses. We covered a lot during this episode. So without further ado, we're just going to get right into it. Ray, Ray of Sunshine, it's so lovely to have you on the Zoom In podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. This is such an honor. This is going to be so much fun. And like I said, congratulations on this podcast and this platform. It's so needed. So yes, let's do this. All right, Ray. First question. This is important. Okay. I'm ready. How was homecoming? Girl, it was amazing. (laughs) It was amazing. So my, my line celebrated our 15 year. Oh, which is just like anniversary. Wow. Girl. Wow. Yeah. So that was really fun. The tea is, this this is a photographer, you know, for photographers, baby girl shot all weekend. Really? The tea. tea. That's the tea. Yeah. I didn't have a choice. Um, My minis prior weeks were rescheduled due to rain. Mm-hmm. That was the only weekend I could make it work between now and before, you know, December. I don't like to make minis in December. December just is overwhelming mm-hmm. um, with the editing and everything. I just like to give myself plenty of time. So anyway, homecoming was phenomenal. 
I shot all weekend. That was phenomenal. So it was great. It was great. God is good. That's all I can say. Because it was like <laughs> I was running off of fumes and caffeine. That was it. Girl, I did not participate in homecoming festivities this year. I was an old lady, if I'm being honest. Like at all? No. Okay. That's I okay. don't know if I really regret it. Because okay. that's even better. I flew in from Vegas mm. on a red eye because I went to go see Usher. Girl, yeah. Phenomenal. I was going to say, how I've oh, heard. Girl, go. When it reopens in March, I highly recommend if anyone is listening to this and they've been wondering whether or not they should go see Usher in concert, I highly, highly recommend it. He's yes. just a phenomenal entertainer and... Yeah, it was great. It was it was worth the price of admission because those tickets I, ain't cheap. That part. That I feel like that's the part that's kind of held me like, what? Wait. The chicken ain't cheap. And like who who is staying in Vegas for more than three days? Let's yeah. be honest here. Yeah. Okay. And it's and it's expensive, expensive it's because of the lodging. It's everything. Once you hit yeah, everything. Once you, hit once Vegas, you get to Vegas, money flies out of your pocket. <laughs> you're like, yeah. what happened? Why is this meal $60? But yep. I will say it was amazing. It was phenomenal. So, so if it's good. if it's on your bucket list, please go. But I flew back Friday evening. So it was a red eye. So essentially flying overnight and I got home 6, 7 a.m. Yeah. I was exhausted. Yep. And I just was like, I'm just going to have to watch people's stories and just, just get my- Live it get, there. Yeah, live it there. From yeah. the comfort of my couch. <laughs> sometimes it's like that. You know, sometimes it's like that. I think homecoming is just, it just breathes a little bit of new light. But you know, that Howard life back into you. It, it totally does. It, it does. Oxygen back in your heart. And you're like, okay. It's a family reunion. It is literally a family reunion. And mm -hmm. with the last couple of years we've had, every reunion is amazing. It's like, it is. yeah, we are grateful for the reunion. So yeah, it was good. Next year, you'll be there. Well, or whatever. If you want to be there, you'll be there. If not, you know, homecoming can be a lot, though. Like, it could be expensive. It could be t draining. So I'll be there next year because next year is technically our 15-year oh, anniversary. Yeah. Yes, it is. Which is also wild to say. So wild. Uh, I but speaking that. of Howard, though, it's very interesting because, or not interesting, but speaking that, you know, going to homecoming is like a family reunion and you are a wedding photographer predominantly. And what's been really great to see is that a lot of your clients are Howard alum. Some of them are your line sisters or um, friends of friends. And yes. it's been really great that not only do you capture their wedding, in some instances, you capture their engagement, you've captured yes. maternity. Yes. And so that leads me to the first real official question, which okay. is, who is the Ray Whitney bride? Like, if you had to describe who she is and your aesthetic, like, what would it be? Uh, first of all, I love the question because Ray Winnie Bride is a vibe. She's a vibe. <laughs> she likes to dress well, but it's not like all about labels. It's just like looking good, feeling good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she has a very kind of classic and chic, modern vibe to who she is. Personality wise, she's really down to earth. She's, mm -hmm. you know, a cool, easygoing girl. Girl's girl. Mm -hmm. Loves her man to the core. 
and her man loves her, you know, it's, that's a great energy with that, but mm-hmm. I'm so blessed and grateful. I have like the best, I really feel like I have the best brides. They're so trusting. They're so loving. They value photography. Okay. Like get my good side, like get this hair. It's about to slay, get this dress, get this body, you know, like get into the details, but like, they aren't like telling me what to do and, and, and all over my shoulder, you know, like they just trust me. They trust you. So happy for me to be there with them. It's mm-hmm. like good energy. It's like girlfriend, you know? And so that's the Ray Whitney bride. She is a believer in faith. She really exudes like love and respect and trust and integrity. You know what I'm saying? Like in a sense, she really mirrors, I feel like she really mirrors me. So I've never been a bride. <laughs> She's a really dope girl. She is a dope girl. I mean, looking at the photos, I'm like, oh, I know every single one of these girls. Good people. And they're good people. They're good people. And I I do agree with you that when clients trust you to deliver, there's no need for them to micromanage. Um, And that I I see that comes out in the photos. Like if I were to look at photos, I can say, yeah, that's race. I love, you know, always been the goal. Like that was always the goal. Like no name connected. Do you, can you spot a Ray Whitney photo? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Did you ever think you were going to be a photographer? Like what, when was the moment where you said, you know what, I'm going to pick up a camera because, you know, this season is all about women who have transitioned from one career to the next. Yes. And you were in the school of B. Yes. School of B. So school of business. And you had a concentration in finance. Mm -hmm. Yep. The answer is no. Like, never thought about being a photographer. I mean, I've loved photography or photographs since I was a little girl. I vividly remember eight, six, seven, eight years old. Literally, you know, we had AOL back then and there was like this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) pop-up. It's like, you want a camera. And (laughs) it's like, just put in your credit card information and we'll ship it to the whatever. And I did it. I was so young and I got in so much trouble because I got this box in the mail and my mom, you know, checked her credit card. Like, what, ma'am? Wait, how like, much was the camera? It was. Pro- I don't know. I mean, back then it might have been like two, three hundred dollars oh, okay. when I was younger. But I mean, I was like seven or eight, you know. And well, what are you doing I don't charging know. that much money? No, no. I'm sure your how did mom I get my mom's credit card? <laughs> like what? So no, I've always loved photography. My dad had a film Nikon. I remember being so pressed mm-hmm. to go to Costco and get the film mm-hmm. developed and look at all the pictures we took. Even in Howard, I I don't know if you remember we everybody saw that little Polaroid, the point mm-hmm. and shoot. Like mm-hmm. that was like a vibe. Like everybody had the little point and shoot Polaroid digital. Yep. And then I remember graduating from Howard. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get a real camera. And I got a DSLR. I thought I was dropping Bitcoin. It was about $500. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I bought my, that was my graduation gift to myself. I'd never forget that. My parents took me to Best Buy. I was pressed. And I just used to, I love photographs. Like, this is just who I am at the core. Longest story short is my, I had a coworker. I was working in internal audit. Her mom was taking this photography class. Asked me, did I want to come and like have photos and be a model? And I'm like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Like, that sounds so fun. We go, she has this whole list of homework assignments, like depth of field and silhouettes and length and distance and framing, all this stuff. And I was like, so, I mean, I was locked in with this lady. She was like, you were really into it. I'm like, I love 
like, this is cool. How God works. The teacher ends up being in the same park at the same time. He sees a, he sees his shoot, student shooting. He comes over. She introduces me, Daryl Todd, who was an older Howard grad. He is a legend in the DC photography world. And he has a studio in DC. Shout out to Daryl and Footprint Photos. Told me about his class. I was like, okay, you know, I told him I had a camera. He's like, you should totally take it. And it was coming up in a few months, 2011. I took the class just to learn my camera. I remember mm-hmm. walking in, telling my ex-boyfriend at the time. Shout like, out to my ex. Him. Come on, ex. <laughs> and he will never let this down too. I mean, this is the shade. I, I told him, I was like, I'll never charge anyone for photographs. Like, I just want to learn how to use my camera. And I, I'm like, I'll never charge. Like, this is just always going to be fun, you know, for me. <laughs> Girl, girl, (laughs) had no idea. I had no idea, like no idea, no idea. And that was the start of it all. The class broke down the fundamentals of photography, um, Mm -hmm. which is numbers based, ISO, Mm -hmm. shutter speed, white Mm -hmm. balance, Mm -hmm. aperture. I'm a numbers girl, business finance and accounting. And it just clicked. It was like, wait a minute. I love this thing. It's numbers. Are you kidding me? Like, this is it for me. Like, this is it for me, you know? And I just kind of was like, I'm going to just do some photos and like do this thing and and see how far it goes. And here we are. Here we are. 10 years later. 10 years later. 10 years later. Doing it. It's my whole life. It is my whole life. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I believe at one time, before you even got into weddings, you were just shooting a lot of different stuff. Mm -hmm. Product... I think you were shooting also for like a popular collegiate brand, like yes Howard no. for Howard, but for Howard though, or maybe I'm making that up. No, you're. it's not, it's, I know what you're talking about, but it actually just was a client that uh, had okay. a collegiate brand of that was Howard. And I did do some projects for Howard, like, you know, like I've done some projects, which was really cool, you know, to like go back and shoot content for Howard and see it in the Howard magazine. It's mm-hmm, like, what? Mm-hmm. But no, I shot everything. I mean, literally everything like babies, birthday showers, bridal parties, the club, girl. I was in the club. Howard Homecoming, early days. That was like a thousand bottles. Shot that. Oh, Uh, my. Girl. Like, take take it back. (laughs) I'm taking us all back. Yeah, I shot it all. Influencers, bloggers, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and couples. And so... Once I started to really kind of work with couples, it was like, wait a minute, this is, this is nice. Like this Mm -hmm. feels really good. You know, they're all excited and in love and like, Mm -hmm. there's an energy there and, you know, quickly knew babies wasn't it quickly knew the club wasn't it, you know, events was, eh, you know, it's cool, but you know. But it was the couples for me. It was the couples that did it for me. Yeah. So like I lived, but that was like three, you know, a a solid two to three years of Mm -hmm. like doing any and everything Mm -hmm. and trying to figure and kind of incrementally like starting at like not charging to like charging like $50, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. $50 incrementally kind of going up and learning the business and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. I feel like the running or one of the running uh, themes that I hear, like with all the other women that I interviewed is that a lot of them in the first couple years of them picking up the camera. They tried a lot of things, but immediately knew after trying it that this is not for me. And then something just immediately clicked 
whether like for me for product, for you for for weddings or like wellness branding, another photographer, they just kind of knew. And so I was doing some research. Love about it. You. We love research. Okay. <laughs> I read somewhere you said your parents' wedding photographer was a complete fraud. Yes. And that that was a major motivation for you to focus on on weddings. Is yeah. That, is that true? Yeah. So true. So, so true. So tell me about that experience. Yeah. If, you, if you're comfortable, you yeah. know. And then what else about just the wedding industry, engagement industry that really appealed to you where you were mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is this is where I want to focus my time and really like master this yeah. area. Yeah. That's such a great question. So yeah, my wedding, my parents' wedding photographer was a fraud. I grew up with knowing that story all my life. Your mom cried for three months straight. She wouldn't stop crying. He ran and took our money. We never had photographs. All all the people in the room, this is when your grandma was alive. This is when Mm. my daddy was alive, you know, and this is when her brother was alive and all of the things and, you know, um, the, the AC bro. I mean, you know, they take you back mm-hmm. to that moment every time, you know, I remember my sister, she, she was got engaged in like 2014. So mm-hmm. I was still pretty early in like what I was doing. I, I had started working with couples for sure. And I think I had started shooting some weddings for sure, but still like, okay, is this really where I'm going? I remember we were getting ready for her like bridal shower and we were like pulling albums. I also grew up in a family full of albums. Like we mm-hmm, literally have too. volumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of photographs, mm-hmm. volumes. I mean, it's crazy, you know? Um, and it was just what we did. So we were pulling pictures, of V as a baby and, um, um, at, you know, of us as kids and, you know, looking at stuff. And we came across like a few photographs from the wedding, the few that they have. And I remember very vividly, my mom just started crying, like, you know, just shed a tear, you know, and, you know, with joy, with pain, you know, in memory and all the things. And I also remember being like, dang, I, a photo makes you cry. Like, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. but I get it now. Like I get it now. So, so deeply. But I remember on her 60th birthday, one of her best friends slash sorority sister from college gifted her some old photographs from the wedding day. Like, I guess she had found them and gifted that. And it was immediate tears again, mm-hmm. you know? So it was just always this like deep connection. And I'm just like, how dare somebody do that to them? Mm-hmm. Like, how mm-hmm. dare somebody like be a fraud, like act like they're doing this thing and never deliver. Like I would never do that to my people. Like mm-hmm. the gallery might be a little late, you know, <laughs> but I would, I never am holding your photographs hostage or like faking the funk, you know, because I know like deeply how important it is that those people that are in that room and how you may never be able to curate that room ever again. Mm-hmm this chapter in the, in your lives, like you're becoming husband and wife. And it was such a big deal for everybody, both sides of the family, all the siblings, the life that they're building now, you know, I'm a product of that, you know? So I just care, you know, it's just been at the depths of my heart. I care so deep now that I've developed into this like wedding photographer, because that's a whole journey. Like we can talk about that. It, yeah, we should. But finish, finish your thought. Okay. But yeah, now that I've developed into a wedding photographer and I know from a photography aspect, what is important and what to think about or what to help them think about so that we can capture, like, I just really am trying to be very hands-on with them and clear expectations and, 
really just help them understand from things that they would never even think like until the day's over, you wouldn't even consider, you wouldn't even Mm -hmm. think to think about it. Mm -hmm. But you asked about what appealed to me in the wedding industry. And I think initially, like I said, it started with couples, like engagement sessions, capturing love, like they were all excited and we're having a good time. You know, photography, there's something magical about a session, especially with other people, other energy, because it's like, the more they have good energy and good um, chemistry, the like better the photographs come yeah. out. And the know? synergy. Yeah, the, absolutely. Yeah, the the creates, it, it's magic. I just literally mm-hmm. tell people we create magic, you know? Um, and so I love that. I love that feeling. I remember kind of being in a rocky place in my personal relationship. So it felt like, it almost felt like a fairy tale. Like, oh, okay, I'm gonna, you know? And so at first I kind of started off second shooting, like for a mm-hmm. few girlfriends and it's high energy. It's fast paced. It's a lot going on and photography is so important. And so I was like, this is cool. You know what I mean? Like a big thing that appealed to me initially was like the fast pace and like the competitiveness, I guess, of being able to actually create in fast pace. Like Mm -hmm. I started my business in DC. I'm currently in Houston, but I still service DC. But anyway, being in DC as a wedding photographer, in my mind, we're cut from a different cloth. Mm -hmm. It's iron sharpens iron. Like if you're really going to be a wedding photographer, like you got to really be a skilled photographer, a light shaper, a plan A, B, C, D, E creator. What people were able to produce was like, this is outstanding. You know, I, I just would be so... I love that part. I love to see the um, photos. I was just driven by getting better and improving and getting weddings and getting weddings at this venue and getting weddings Mm -hmm. with this planner or, you know, like whatever, Mm -hmm. like it's good, but that can also become a rat race. (laughs) It can become a rat race. It can. Would you say they appreciate the fact that you're anticipating these needs and, and therefore showing up as an expert? Even in the very beginning of your experience where let's say technically you didn't know how to be this amazing light shaper. Yeah. But you still understood just from it from an emotional level, okay, how can I make this the best experience possible? Yeah, yeah. No, they do. Yeah. And that's kind of always been my approach. Like, even if it's like, well, what are y'all looking forward to the most? Like on the day. Mm-hmm. And you learn these things through the journey, like through having certain experiences, like, well, what do you love the most about your venue? What do you hate about your venue? Mm-hmm. Right? Like I've literally had a bride that I didn't know to ask that it was early on and she hated the outside exterior of her venue, but she got sat out. She got married outside of the venue. And so she would have preferred to go inside to do some portraits mm-hmm. because outside wasn't like her preference. Literally, she never ever told you know never told me that. And now it's like, okay, the next bride. All right, what do you hate? What do you love? Mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or what are like three words to describe you guys as a couple? Right? Like if you had to describe y'all's energy, y'all's vibe, what is it? You know, is it sexy, sultry? Is it fun, playful? Is it serious? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it quirky? Is it romantic? And is it sports driven? Like whatever it is, like. Mm-hmm. I just want to know so I can pick it up and be able to create that feeling in whatever way comes possible um, throughout your sessions with me, you know? So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely been a journey, girl. So yeah, let's talk about this journey real quick. Okay, 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 <laughs> let's do it, let's do it. Let's do it. 
All right. So you've been doing weddings now. This is my eighth wedding season. Eighth wedding season. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> season eight. Season eight. Season eight. Season eight. How yeah. were the first three years? I mean, the first couple of years for me, I mean, was tough because mm. I was still working part-time jobs, but I was still trying to figure out pricing. Like my very first client, I had to return money. The first couple experiences were definitely the roughest, but yeah. it definitely set me up for success for the sure. further along that I got. Think Like thinking on your own experiences, what would you tell like wedding photographers coming like behind you? Like based off yeah. of what you experienced and like what they could possibly avoid. I feel like oh. one of them may be ask every question that you can think of <laughs> before the day of the wedding. Yeah. I would have them document the important questions because you can ask it, but if you don't take notes of it, then the day comes and you totally forget it, you know? So that's the thing. <laughs> also take your money in advance of the wedding, like never be old, like no one should owe you money before you shoot. I've had occurrences like that. You got to learn, you know, sometimes you get into sticky situations, but never deliver a photo before you get all of your your money. Like, and even really, honestly, you should be getting all of your money at least 30 days in advance to the wedding. Like why? Because they're paying so many vendors. Okay. They're paying so many vendors and you don't want to be the last one. They ran out of cash. They don't have another credit card to you. Like whatever, like mm -hmm. you want to feel good. And I've even had some of my my, my coaching clients were like, well, it's really hard. I got to manage the money. We can figure out how you can manage the money 30 days before the wedding or whatever. But trust me when I say you don't want to be one of the last vendors trying to get paid. It's just not a good feeling to show up and work your butt off and you have not been paid. They're paying a lot of vendors. That's all I know. I want to be paid <laughs> and I want my money. <laughs> like, you know, it's always exchange. And it's not all about money, but it's an exchange. Like it's, it's an exchange. If you're exchanging services, if services are being rendered, yeah. you need to make sure that you're being properly compensated. compensated. It's the same too. I mean, I shoot product photography mainly. Yeah. And like the final payment, well, first I require 50% upfront up every single time. Yeah. Images are not provided until payment has been processed. Processed. So once the images technically have been final approved is when the final invoice is sent out. It's sent out. Yeah. I don't even start post-production. I don't even put it in my queue if you are behind on payment. So how does it typically work? Because obviously every industry operates differently. Yeah. It makes sense that in terms of payment that you're getting the final payment prior to the wedding day. Yeah. That that makes sense, especially if if the wedding is still happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh God, I could talk about that. Girl. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Wow. Um, so is it typically customary like for weddings? That it's like, okay, you get a deposit to mm -hmm. book book the day because usually it's mm -hmm. a year sometimes yes. in advance. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. Yes. And then the final payment is usually 30 days. Yes. Typically. So, mm -hmm. Yep. So there's a retainer mm. to confirm the date on the calendar. Um, and that's big. Date for us is like inventory. Either we have it or we don't. I also then set an engagement session date on the calendar, even if it's six months out, like the early, if you know, you want to shoot in a certain season, mm -hmm. a certain month or whatever, like, let's go ahead and set a date for that. Um, and then I do allow flexible payment options. So if they need two or three 
If it needs to be broken, we can do that. It will, yeah. I'll set it up in my honey book. No matter what, full payment is required 30 days before the wedding date. I feel like that just freed so many people. You think, yeah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome because no, ser- like you just set the boundaries and let, again, I'm going to say this again for all wedding people listening. There are so many vendors, okay? You are just mm-hmm. one of the many, many vendors. Tablecloths, DJ, lights, mm-hmm. linens, florals, food, food, food bar, planner. Uh, I mean, they have a, a floor, a um, dance floor creator, a stationer, the cake maker, um, videographer, makeup artist, the officiant. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. so like literally, you know what I mean? Like you're just one of the vendors. So just have a protocol and follow it and they will get in line because you're not the only person that has a protocol that has to be followed for them to get in line. Mm-hmm. But that's just the world. Let's jump to pricing. I feel like a lot of photographers, I feel like they don't do a really good job of sharing actionable advice when it comes to pricing. It's always charge what you're worth. And it's yeah. like, we can do a whole tangent on the charge what you're worth quote because you can't charge what you're worth as a human you have to charge based off of the value that you provide but at the same time you also can't tell people an exact price yeah like for how they like the price that they should have for their services we can't give a dollar amount because our expenses may look different and are different from somebody else but I think there are some activities that people can probably implement yes. in order to determine their pricing. So what are one or two things that people can start doing to make sure that they're pricing themselves appropriately? Even, and even at the very beginning, like even at the very beginning where you're you're not necessarily technically skilled, but you still need to understand how to price yourself accordingly. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. So- being the finance person that I am, being the numbers girl that I am. And then I'm also a business coach. So like, this is my mm-hmm. jam. I make my people get in their numbers. Like I do not play about it. One or two things. First, knowing your cost of doing business, that monthly cost, reoccurring cost that happens every month just to run the business that mm-hmm. could, inc- you know, that includes like Adobe Creative Cloud, your gallery delivery, like equipment costs, like business insurance, Um, any um, other programs and tools or memberships that you might be a part of that are related to the business, Mm -hmm. like know that number, right? You have to know the number. I'm so big on that. Even starting out, starting out is the best time to know the number actually, because it should be fairly lean. Like you should know, oh, it cost me $400 to run my business. Like, that's great. That's awesome. That's amazing. Right? So know your cost of doing business, that monthly cost. And then the other thing is like, like have sales, some type of sales goal, some type of goal. So I have a a formula for pricing that I'm a big, again, numbers. Let's have some justification with data and how we price ourselves. So it's cost of doing business plus your sales goal divided by the number of sessions you want to shoot a month. Mm-hmm, 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 That's it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, let's make it really easy. Like if you have $400, cost of doing business and you're like, I want to make a thousand dollars. Like your, so your monthly sales goal would then be $1,400. Right. And you want to shoot. Let's, let's say, Oh, I only want two. Okay. Make it then, easy. $700, $700 period. 
That is that, that is what you have to charge. Now, if you are like, I don't want to say shoot and burn, but if you're like a, if you mm-hmm. shoot and then you give digitals, then $700 is the session fee. And that is the package. And then you need to make sure you're very clear on the deliverables mm-hmm. that are in that package, right? Um, upselling, you can, you know, there's all kinds of things that happen there. Or if you are more of a in-person sales or a, a la carte deliverable type, concept, then you want to make sure that 700 is the minimum, the base for the session. And like you communicate that very well to the client, you know what I mean? Like let people kind of know. So maybe the sitting fee is 350 and then they have to, the minimum package is 350, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like that makes, that makes it make sense. Pricing should be based on data and some type of metrics, but otherwise you're just throwing things at the wall to see if it sticks. You're looking left, you're looking right. You're looking at all these other photographers, what they charge, whatever. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what do you want to make? How much is the cost to run your business? How much do you want to shoot? Ideally, based on your like demand and momentum and like, let's set pricing, let's set a base price like that. So that's Mm -hmm. how I go about pricing. That's great because I do the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) I I pretty much do a similar thing. Of course, now we both run six-figure businesses now, but back in the day, way back when, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I feel like I've made it Mm -hmm. if I am bringing in enough just to cover business expenses. Like sometimes I feel like a lot of people get discouraged immediately when they don't hit these really big audacious goals. Like- I want to make $10,000. Like, great. That's phenomenal. I'm happy for you. But let's start small. Starting small does not mean you're going to end small or always be small, right? Yeah. Um, And so a great way to start to measure your success and your profit is to say, okay, my one goal is to make sure I'm bringing in enough to cover my business expenses plus $500. Yes. I started there. I definitely started there. Like, especially if you have a nine to five. Mm Mm-hmm know what I mean? That is actually paying your bills and, you know, keeping you, sustaining you in life. The business, you really should, like, I'm so big about this. Like if you have a nine to five, you better be leveraging that nine to five to reinvest in the business to get to that $10,000 a month. Like Mm -hmm. it takes you making a thousand dollars and then $2,500 and then $5,000 and then $7,000. I mean, to get to 10,000, right? Like, I mean, maybe you can jump from making a thousand to 10,000 in one month to the next, if you, whatever, I don't know. But I'm, I'm just saying like small goals, like you said, are still so important and we can get to the big goal, but Honestly, if you're trying to make 10,000, your pricing better be solid. It can't be charging nickels and pennies trying to get to 10,000. You're going to burn yourself out. There's no way that you can get to $10,000 and your highest package is $750. Right. <laughs> there is a way. There is a way. There is so a way. You shoot in. You are shoot. <laughs> like you're literally working your little tail off. And it may not be. It's not. It may not be sustainable. That's what my dad said one day to me. I'll never forget. He was like, the pace you're going is not sustainable. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Pops. Real. Thanks, yeah. Dad. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. I, it's so interesting because I remember 2019 for me, it was three years into the business. That's when I realized, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. But like when I looked at my numbers, I had done 50,000. 50, okay. I'm, I'm rounding up. 
Right. But 50,000 and I did almost 42 shoots in a year. Wow. And I was like, wow. Like, and this was in addition to like teaching. I was Mm. still a spin instructor. Yeah. I was still working a part-time job. Yep. Shout out to Athleta. But (laughs) (laughs) I was still doing other things in addition to building this business. And so you talked about upselling and also like value of pricing. So I realized, okay, there are a lot of things that I'm doing in one offer that should be used as a selling proposition, right? Mm. So like doing everything, it's, it's, everything is built in. It's all Mm -hmm. inclusive for the client. Because instead of them having to figure out prop styling or which props to buy, figure out a mood board, figure out the shot list, I'm just going to offer everything in one package. And that's going to be the way that I increase my pricing, or at least that's where I started. Yeah. And then you're able to differentiate your tiers, whether you just work in digitals or Prints like, so like the sitting fee and then sitting fee, and then you add your prints. That's, that's not my model, but you want to make sure that when you start to increase your pricing, that you're making sure that the way that you're increasing it is by adding your value. And sometimes it's just a matter of just figuring out how to communicate it because you're already probably Doing. doing all the things, Yeah, but you're just not communicating that or leveraging that yeah, you're not no. leveraging all of the skills that you're bringing to that one offer. Yeah. 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 No, that's it. Like when I teach my, my girls, it's kind of like, okay, you have a package that you know that they need. Mm-hmm. And then you have a package that you know that they need and want mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. need and want is premium top mm-hmm. tier. Mm-hmm. It's the kit mm-hmm. and caboodle. Mm-hmm. It's every, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But the need is your base. Yep. The need is your base. That would be the $700. In that example we just talked about, yeah. the need is the $700. The kick and caboodle, double or triple it or whatever, right? That's a, good, that's a good one. That's yeah. A good you're, one. Giving them, you're giving them what they need and want, right? In order to get there, you have to know like that avatar for you, like the brand, like who they are, what are they looking for? What are they struggling with? Like, how can you, like you said, create this value proposition to them? to end up at that need and want every time, right? Or for even, you know, it doesn't matter what you shoot, it's the same thing. You have to know mm-hmm. what they need and what they need and want, right? Because we know that because we're the professional. So we're able to define that, you know? So yeah, I mean, that is how you create a premium offer, a signature premium offer and properly price it because there's a lot of time. Once you start adding in all these different things that you not, that you do in order to get them to that final outcome, it's all time. It's all creativity. It's all intellectual property in a sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you got to be, you have to charge for it, you know? Um, and that is how you really like start to talk about increased revenue. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. This thing that we're doing in in entrepreneurship is it's a marathon. It's a marathon. Like I don't know about you, um, Tamara. Like like I want to be in the entrepreneur space for. I don't want to work for anyone. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I want to do it. I'm not a great employee. I've talked to girlfriends like in the past couple of weeks, and I'm like, you know, with all the shit 
that sometimes goes down, like running your own business. I wouldn't trade it for anything else at this point. I'm just, I'm unemployable. (laughs) I'm unemployable. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I mean, you know, when I say that, and I'm sure you can relate, I'm not saying it as a flex. It's just like, I'm so far deep in that there's no other option, but for this to work. Yeah. You know, like I, I've been through worse. And so, mm-hmm. and I've gotten to the other side of it, right? Like overdrafts and evictions and mm-hmm. yeah, and all of the things, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if I can get through that, I can get through anything. And yeah. I'm running a business in addition to this. Yeah. And like paying contractors and mm-hmm. managing a studio and mm-hmm. like negotiating, advocating for myself. Oh, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. And it's a marathon though. Like I think sometimes people are so um, focused on the destination and mm-hmm. it's important to know the destination and where you want to go and have these goals and um, have these kind of place kind of benchmarks, but like, it's all in the journey uh, that is where you need to find the joy and like just the enjoyment. Like, it, you know, yeah. it's hard. It's hard though. It's, you, it's hard. It's lonely. It's all that, you know? Do you feel like though you're at a place of enjoyment? Because I feel like I am right now. Like I'm I definitely like, I feel like I'm transitioning. I feel like that's happening for a lot of people right now. Yeah. It's just, a, it's just an interesting time. I feel like this is the happiest that I've been in a long time. I feel like there's balance yeah. in between like work and personal life. I feel like I now have the space and am creating more space mm-hmm. to do things that I enjoy outside yeah. of work. Yeah. And I have really great clients. Yeah, there may be some things that, some Uh snags. Yep. But honestly, I feel like my nervous system has been at peace. (laughs) Yeah. Praise God for that. Like, I love that. I love that. Totally same, 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 same. Yes, I am. I am in a place of of enjoyment, you know, and especially um, expanding to coaching. Yes being like a business coach for other female creative photographers. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just brings me so much joy. Oh, I just love it. Like, I love to see them things click. I love to see mm-hmm. them value, value themselves and what they're able to do in a new way. Like, I love to see them believe in becoming the CEO that they desire, that they dream of. And it's like happening, you know? And I just, mm-hmm. it's just so... That has definitely aided in my joy. Um, like again, having I think also just like like you started off, who's the Ray Whitney Bride? Like being able to name that and call her out and feel good about it. And you know, that that's great. That feel, that feels so good. And then like I can immediately know if there's like a connection um with people. Like you said, we're all pivoting, we're all transitioning, we've all evolved. Pandemic has really forced uh, people to open up and to um, pivot and be more flexible and to Mm -hmm. think outside of the box. So if you're not doing that, you need to do it fast. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like going back. It's a a non-negotiable. It's a a non-negotiable. And so you really have to figure out what's going to be your place in the world. Not to sound so meta. Oh my God. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) but seriously really determine how do you want to show up yeah 
Yep. What feels good to you. Feels good. Yeah. What feels good to you. And like, I just think like, it's such a powerful time right now because like you could do it. What I don't even know what the thing is, but I know you could do it. Mm -hmm. And I probably know that there's proof of other people that have and are doing it Mm -hmm. that you can even fast track your way to it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we don't always have to recreate the the wheel every time. Like actually don't do that. Like, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm passionate about like helping people um, not make the same mistakes I've made or not um, fall into the same rat races that I fell into. Like not be so obsessed about the wrong things. Like mm-hmm. I'm also really passionate about being like a representation of what is possible for other women photographers that look like me. Mm-hmm. Like, so I just got back from Minnesota speaking to their, um, the twin city PPA mm-hmm. uh, up there mm-hmm. and loved it. I was the only person of color in the room. Okay. Like let's set the stage, you know? And I, I, I knew that I know that why, Photography has been a white man's club. You know, that was the inception of photography in America was like old white men, like white men, you know, but it's a new day. It is a new day. There are young creatives. There are black women creatives, black male creatives, Indian, Asian, like it's women creatives, right? Like it's a new day. And I was just kind of saying to them, like, it just feels good, like, as the industry evolves and changes to be able to be in community or to be to see someone that has done it, um, it, that you can actually look at and say, I can see myself in her. Mm -hmm. You're like, because sometimes no shade, but like, sometimes like learning from like an old white man, I don't resonate. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I can a little bit, maybe in your settings and how you communicate to the client. But even that still but even like, that is still mm, so different. Like, it's very different. And yeah. like the things that they would say, I would never say. Girl. Like if I'm waiting on an invoice, the amount of filler words that oh. I would need to put in that email. Yeah. To make sure that I don't come off aggressive or rude. Yeah. Or insert any other bullshit word. Yeah. That would come across for a black woman who's advocating for herself. The amount of things that I would need to do is nothing compared to a man just being like, hey, I'm owed this money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where is it? me. Where is it? And like, I just truly believe like the clientele is different. Um, for sure for like I know that you can resonate but like for sure with weddings weddings is a cultural celebration mm-hmm. African-American people ethnic people like bring their money together for this celebration of love for this couple like it's just different like they get dressed different the music is different food's different you know uh, mom it, it just a, it's just different I'm able to rest. I'm able to connect with my, my, my couples in that way. Cause I, I understand, like, mm-hmm. I, I get it, you know? So I just think like, it's changing, it's evolving. It's like I said, I came from Minnesota. It was just a blessing to be able to stand on that podium and be the keynote speaker at their annual meeting and like bring my vibe and my, my magic to the world in Minnesota and to be warmly received. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's changing and and people want to see, they are leaning into the change because either you do or you don't. And you, either you swim or you sink, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just, 
that's the world that we live in with the internet and social media. Um, but it's powerful. So I'll say all that to say that if you're listening, this should empower you. Listen, you can do it. Like our power is, our magic is needed, especially as women creatives, especially as black women creatives. We are just dynamic and irreplaceable, you know? And um, so I'm, if you can't feel, I'm just so passionate about that. Like, I, I, I want to be an example of what's possible for others and beyond, like go beyond me, girl. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like for real. Like, yeah. For yeah. Real. You said something about rat races. Like I want mm-hmm. other photographers to be able to avoid the rat races that you maybe got caught up in. What were they? Um, Definitely. I don't want to say clout chasing, but feeling like you had to work with certain planners at certain venues with, you know, certain caliber of weddings, um, more so not even for your own like desires in creation, but more so for the social recognition of like the, the feather in the cap. Yes. The feather in the cap. The feather <laughs> in the cap. Yeah. And I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I've always in early on, I felt like an underdog in the wedding world. I felt underdoggy, you know, like, I mean, some people are like, there's no way, but there's a way like there were uh, like, I would get inquiries. And if, if other photographers, and these were my friends, like if they weren't available, oh, I guess we can go with you. Um, you know what I mean? Or like they planners, oh, well, they aren't available. Are you, you know? Mm. And or just not being a favorite of fa- whatever that means. Like, I mean, I, that was a rat race for me, like trying to, I think for a longest time, I wanted to be a favorite of a top planner, be on the, on the preferred vendor list of mm-hmm. the best venue. Mm-hmm. Um, You know what I mean? Like that, th- for me, that was a big part of it. Even be seen and praised verbally from other photographers like that I looked up to. Like, do they see my work? Do they mm-hmm. comment? Do they like it? Are they proud? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. are they proud of me? Am I good enough? You know? Mm-hmm. And girl, I had to get out that. I had to get out of it. <laughs> um, I think one of my first experiences of that is so funny. And we we laugh at it now because I don't think he knew, but this is a real story, y'all. So I was, I love like Josh Duane and Kesha, Amy Anais, you know, all these wedding photographers um, and they're just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So I remember meeting Josh Duane for the first time in person at WPPI and um, he like, we're like all out. We had just left the nightclub or whatever. WPPI is a big conference that happens in Las Vegas, y'all. You should come hit me up on the side. I'll tell you about it. Come. It's amazing. But anyway, we had just like left the welcome opening party at the nightclub. So I'm a little tipsy and we're all, you know, the, all, a lot of the black photographers get together and we just like kick it. And it's so fun because networking and it's just a great time mm-hmm. and you can meet some of your faves. So it's my first time meeting Joshua in, in person. Like this is cool. So I see him and he's such a big jokester. So I didn't know that. I had no idea. I just knew Josh Dwayne from his work. I didn't know that he's like a kid in a candy shop, you know, like love him. I really love him um, and his wife truly. Um, but so he goes, oh, you're the one whose engagement session went viral from their, from their iPhone photo. So we're all photographers here, y'all. We're all photographers here, y'all. <laughs> Nobody wants a photograph to be called an iPhone photo. Like, I don't know why that triggered me so much. I think it was like, well, I do know why. I wanted mm-hmm. him to say, oh, wow, I, I love your work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I know you. I know you. You have good work. Oh, this man talking about my iPhone photo 
that went viral. And at the time, that was like one of my most engaged, liked, shared pictures. I knew exactly what he was talking about. And it was just like, wait, what? You know? And I'm like, first of all, like, it wasn't an iPhone photo. Second of all, you don't know the story behind that photograph. Like, and here I go. I literally went on a tangent. I used my 35. I really wanted to use my 50. We almost got stuck. It was like this whole thing. And I'm like, so my friend is like, friend, like calm down. And I'm like, no, like you're not going to talk about my pictures. Like, Cause it was like a group of photographers and everybody's laughing and stuff. And it was a joke. It was just easy joke, but wrong joke at the wrong time. I'm not that type of girl in general. Like I never pick on people in public. Like, unless you're like, break critique my image I'll give you some feedback mm-hmm. but I'm not I'm you I'm a praise type of girl like oh I'm proud mm-hmm. of you I'm mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. men are different they're a little different right like they're like oh that horrible picture like what I had somebody call me a hobbyist so I know exactly yeah how it but so that snapped me out of it I'm like first of all you're looking for praise from people that are ready to tell a joke right like and like I kind of, I, I didn't go off, off, but it was, it was definitely all the fire on the inside. Like mm-hmm. what? I just wanted you to, cause I think my reaction to him, he was like, Whoa, wait a minute. You know, I didn't, I was just joking. And I'm like, were you joking? Like Josh, you're Josh Dwayne. And like, you're amazing. I look up to you and like, you need to be positive and pour positivity into the other people that are, you know, like people look up to you. Do you know that? You know, I had the whole moment. So then the next day we had a whole kumbaya. And ever since then, it's like our, our running joke um, of that whole moment. Because he was he was literally joking. I was looking for, like, I loved you. I loved your work. I was just looking for, like, you see me. Do you see me, bro? Mm-hmm. Like, do you see me? Mm-hmm. And it just was this crazy clash. And But that snapped me out of it. Like, you're looking for something from somebody um, that sees you. They see you. That's you but like sometimes they aren't even like in the there that is not even their vibe or like they're not even in the capacity to know that they are looking for praise for you know what I mean like some people just miss the mark and Mm -hmm. so why do I put why did I put that level of validation on him you know like or that pressure that pressure right when in all in all you see me like like at the core of it he knew he you know and so that kind of had me be like, shake it off, um, like shake that off. And then like, even there's a level of shaking the friends and family thing off. Like um, you got to let go of that, like mm-hmm. get out of that. Your friends may not hire you. That doesn't mean that they don't love you. Like they love you, but they just, you know, like they don't have to, they're really not obligated to. Um, and that is okay. It's okay. It took me a long time to shake that. I can't even remember the question. That was my tangent though. <laughs> I think, uh, oh, the rat, the rat races, the rat race. Yeah. A hundred percent. Same for me. You know, when you're, when you're starting out, especially like for product, you know, I want to be recognized by this brand owner and I want to shoot for this brand and how come they're not hiring me? And then I guess I'm not good enough. Then like all of these, you start telling yourself all of these like inside thoughts that are just complete trash. Yeah. And yeah, you have to knock, you know, snap out of it. Like, you know, the validation that you're seeking may not come from the places that you expect it to. And so you just have to free yourself from that expectation. You you just have to free yourself. And I'm not saying that like, it's easy. No, it's not. And it's not even with something you can probably do in a day or a month. No. No, you know, it takes time, but it, you have to. 
and you will get there. You mm-hmm. will free yourself eventually. And mm-hmm. you drive yourself nuts enough. You're going to like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. Yeah. When you're ready to let go of the anger and the chip yeah. on your shoulder. Yep. For yep. why you do the things that you do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And actually <laughs> just kind of like find your own. Like, I think I just started one big piece for me was to build my own table. Like yes. to be really proud of how my brides came in. Maybe they didn't come in with the planner or come in from a venue, but maybe they came in from Instagram and they loved me. They loved me, you know? So it's like, well, let me lean into that. Like, mm-hmm. let me keep like showing up in that space because this is how they're finding me. And it's just as good. Just, just as good. good. Just as good, if not better, you know? If not better. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and then eventually the planners will see you, mm-hmm. the venues will contact you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if, you know, like if that's a true desire and a, um, it will come, right? Mm-hmm. But like work with what's working for you, really like tap into that and get out of like what Sarah and Joe's doing and what this person's mm-hmm. like, stop that. And us, for, it's hard. Like it was a long journey for me. And I know a lot of photographers do it. They'd be so, they know more about other people's business and they know about their own. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, mm. don't we can get out of that. Let's get back to you mm-hmm. um, and make what you you're doing feel really good. And to summarize that, like the opportunities will always find you working. Like that's something uh, I remember my leak saying. She says it from time to time. Auntie, my leak, the opportunities will always find you working. And so yeah. if you just focus on the work, focus yeah. on doing a phenomenal job for your clients, the opportunities will find you. And what about some opportunities maybe have not found you because you're not quite ready. So how about get ready? Mm-hmm. Cause when you get ready, that's when the God and universe is like, Oh, she ready. Mm-hmm. She ready. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's so many things I'm so glad didn't happen to me too early. Cause I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready. I would have, I would have maybe fumbled the ball. I don't want to fumble the ball. I want to touch down. You know what I mean? So like, get ready, do the things that you know you need to work on, you know, take the risks that you time to take and then watch how it all like will happen for you in its, in its due time. It it never will miss you. Anything that's for you will never miss you. Which is why it's so important to find joy in the journey. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, we're doing it like you, you get to do this. This is your thing. Please love it. <laughs> Please, Please for real. It. Yeah. For real. And if you don't like take a step back and figure out what you do love, what you don't love mm-hmm. and restructure that baby mm-hmm. because this is your thing. This is, this is yours. Mm-hmm. Nobody else's. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the Photobomb Academy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I love it because like I said before, there aren't a lot of comprehensive coaching programs that cater to women photographers, specifically Black women photographers. Share with the audience, what's the Photobomb Academy? Yeah. So Photobomb Academy is the big umbrella um, of the digital education platform. Um, And so my signature program is Elevate Accelerator, Elevate Accelerator, um, which I'm about to open enrollment for. If you're listening, it's probably open. Um, and it only opens once, maybe twice a year. It just really depends on how the year goes. Mm-hmm. But now I'm kind of revamping some things based on what I'm experiencing with my current girls. And it's going to be a 12 month program. Like we together for the whole year, for the whole year, which is so good. Like talk about transformational. What? 
you will not leave as the same person. I take ownership of that, you know? And so Elevate is a curriculum-based, it's a hybrid program. So it's curriculum-based. So we do like goals and we do all that goal, short and long-term planning that also includes financial planning. Um, and then we do the client avatar defining, and then we do the pricing and offer structure. And then we do your SLP creation. And then we, I help with you with delegation and hiring, right? So really this program is made for those photographers that are like making like 20 to 50,000 and you're ready or maybe more, but usually they come in around there and you're ready to kick it up to that hundred plus, right? You're ready to make your first 10K month. You're ready. You, you're a pro, like you work with clients, you know, your niche Think the momentum and demand is there. Pricing is a mess. Operations is a mess. Um, you haven't really created that signature service, right? And your money, you don't know. You have not <laughs> like you, you know. So that's elevate curriculum based, um, matched with bi-weekly coaching. So we are every other week we're on live, you know, coaching. It's a community of other like-minded photographers, which is so powerful, so powerful. Um, to hear what other people are struggling with and then like how I coach them through it and how they show up in doing it with promotion, content creation, marketing, all of that. And just mindset, stuff happens, stuff happens. People are, you know, threatened to be sued. People's equipment gets stolen. Uh, contracts are a mess. It happens so, so often. And so Elevate is just like this container of love and, and community and uplifting and strategy um, that, is my signature program. And so I'm, I love it. Um, I went through a curriculum developer to develop everything it has templates and spreadsheets and everything. They end up creating a business plan um, that they can then go and get funding. We talk about that, you know, um, and all of the things. So it's literally like, you ready to elevate? Let's do it. My foundational course, which was my first course I ever made, which is called From Hobbyist to Pro. Mm -hmm. um, and I still do offer and sell that, um, but it's self-paced because it has everything you need in it. Now focus is Elevate. I created Elevate because my From Hobbyist to Pro people were ready for that next thing. And it was like, help me now. Like, I, you know, so From Hobbyist to Pro is like literally From Hobbyist to Pro. So it talks about your web, your first website and niching down and what marketing is and how to really define, describe and recreate your style of work, getting works featured and submitted, you know, found like that, like foundational stuff early on. And it's not just for wedding photographers. I have branding photographers in there, portrait, women portrait photographers, you know, so mm -hmm. We IPS, I have, I, you know, I work with IPS girls as well. Um, so from Hobbyist to Pro, I created that 2018 mm -hmm. and um, I had about 80 photographers go through that. And then I then created Elevate um, in 2020. And so this is the third cohort um, and they are freaking killing it. I have girls um, have hit their first 10K months. They have created a four figure signature offer and, and are selling it. Um, they have implemented profit first and they have, um, you know, done the things and just become more confident. They believe that they deserve to be paid well. They deserve to be in the room when that wasn't the belief probably before. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, that's it. You know, I'm all up in the tea. I'm all up in their lives. I know they mamas and their boyfriends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm just that type of person. And um, I pull back the curtains on what I'm doing in my business too. So they kind of get to see a good behind the scenes of 
what goes on in Ray Whitney Photography's world and just really get to ask me anything. Um, I pull my network in. Matter of fact, you should come in. We're going to talk about that offline too. So I pull my network of people in, of other entrepreneur business owners to come in and talk with them and train them and all of that. And so it's really what I would have loved to have. Like, six oh, years ago. seriously, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. yeah. So it's great. It's great. Yeah. But I'm so happy that it exists. Thank today. you. Yeah. How many, how many women or no, because you also have served men through yeah. the program, right? Um, yeah. So how many have, have you served since the two years? Yeah. For Elevate? Um, it's, I guess for elevate and hobbyists to, if I count both, it's at least it's right there at a hundred. I'm like right there at a hundred. Um, like, so so intimately like Mm -hmm. in a program with me, of course I've, you know, connect connected with like so many photographers along the journey. Um, but in an intimate program, like coaching situation with me, like around a hundred, which is so cool. Um, and I'm looking to scale it. Like I'm ready to get to the thousands. You know, I think that this program is like none other. Um, I think the hardest part, if I be honest, so if you listen to this, don't make it hard, is getting people to believe in themselves, the selling, that they are ready to be in the program, that they mm-hmm. can afford it. Like mm-hmm. I've even restructured the pricing. So it's like, it should be a no brainer. So I'm really excited to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but just believing in themselves that they have what it takes to be the person that they dream of being the photography business owner that they really desire. Um, but for me, like the next steps that unlocked it for me was coaching and like mentoring. Like I've done it all. Literally I've done it all. I just am excited to hold this space with high integrity and high excellence and care, um, for my girls, um, and to get them to that next place. So Two more questions. Two more. Um, Are there any dream weddings that you would like to shoot or maybe a dream magazine? I feel like you've been published so many times now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But is there still anything on on the wedding bucket list that you would love to accomplish? Absolutely. Like I'm ready to go like really tropical, like to an island. Like Mm. um, I've never shot in Jamaica um, or like Maldives or like Fiji or something like that. That would be incredible. My my brain would probably explode actually, but I would love it. Like I would literally love it. So I want to do that. I've expanded my business to Houston. I've been in Houston now for four years. And so I'm still like getting really, you know, getting and good down here. Um, and so there's a lot of venues I want to shoot at down here. So if you, you know, Houston people, come on, let's do it. Um, I feel like one of my clients recently told me, she was like, you are the best kept secret in Houston, girl. Like, what? You know, wait till the people find out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. girl, wait till they find out, you know? <laughs> so that, uh, and then magazine. I mean, I would love to do a cover. I would love to do mm-hmm. a cover of like Essence or a Muna Lucci or a, mm-hmm. even like a wedding, like a wedding magazine cover. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I mean like that, those are some big, you know, big goal. Those are the big goals for me when it comes to photography. Like I just really want to keep working with amazingly sweet, beautiful people. Like, you know, I really just want the alignment to be there. That is when it's always best mm-hmm. and they value you, you mm-hmm. know, what are you looking forward to in the new year? Ooh, I am really looking forward to um, serving my new community of Elevate Girls for a whole year. That's going to be so fun. 
I'm really looking for, I just onboarded an operations manager. Congratulations. Ah, oh, feels amazing. So we're like three weeks in and she's already so great. I'm just like, ah. So I'm really looking forward to building out my team. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to continue to do the team building thing and to be the seat, like to the, de- to define my life and the business around how I want to show up as a CEO in my mm-hmm. zone of genius and outsource the other things. And then, you know, just looking forward to like feeling more of this joy, having mm-hmm. more of this balance. I think this year I really I really like did the balance thing and that felt so good to like live a little mm-hmm. um, and to go on vacation and to kick it and to, you know, kind of do that. Cause I, I kind of, I gave it all to, for you know, photography and weddings, yeah. weddings, they book year, you know, years in advance, like a year in advance. Mm-hmm. So it could get difficult. So I'm looking forward to that. And then of course, like the wedding season, um, photographing beautiful couples and, especially here in Houston, like really doing that, that's going to be really fun. And that, that's, that's, those are the things, those are the things. And getting into shape. I'm looking at, I want to get into shape. Baby. I want to really really do it. (laughs) This is week three um, of this program that I'm in and three days a week, it's weights. So I'm getting, I'm doing it. I'm like three days. Come on, Ray. You could do three days a week. And you totally can. Yeah. And mentally it helps so much. Like it helps with your mental health so much focus and clarity and all that kind of stuff. So like, uh, that is a big driver for me. Absolutely. On that note, Ray of sunshine, please tell people how they can find you and how they can learn more about the photo bomb Academy and elevate. Yes, yes, yes. So Instagram handle is Ray Whitney. That's spelled R-H-E-A, Ray Whitney, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. So find me on there. Let me know that you found me through the podcast. I would love that. I would love that. Website is raywhitney.com. Um, there's also, you could, it'll quick link on there to the photo, photobomb Academy, which is photobombacademy.com. And yeah, just connect. Let me know like that. You literally found me for me. I love that. I loved like a full circle moment and that you mm-hmm, listened to this with us. <laughs> yep. Cause you got some good tea. That's how you can connect. Ray, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for coming on to the zoom in podcast. I really You're appreciate so you. You are definitely a ray of sunshine. I felt oh. it radiating through the screen. It, yes. it has inspired me oh. to make some changes. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great time, girl. A great time. Yes, girl. Yes. (laughs) This wraps up another edition of the Zoom In Podcast, a podcast that highlights the stories and experiences of Black women photographers. First, thank you for listening. And if you like what you've heard, please share with your crew. And second, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss out on the next episode.